Where's Earth? Seems we have intercepted a transmission of unknown origin. Human? Unknown. <laughs> hey everybody he's dallas she's ripley he's brett he's kane no that ain't it he's ass ash he's ass. <laughs> <laughs> he is ass he's also ash but she's lambert he's parker I'm the alien. Somebody's the alien, but we aren't aliens. We can be construed for aliens, but we are Viking support with Drew, Ted, and Chris. How are you guys doing? Chris, how are you this evening? I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> Welcome to the movie we've been sitting on for three years. My favorite movie of all time. Alien. Is it really? Is it's it really your favorite number movie? Number one all of all time. I've seen it countless numbers of times, and I love it because. No one can hear you scream in space. Oh, God, it's moving right towards you. Move, get out of there. Absolute best sci-fi movie ever made to date. So let me ask you this, since it's your favorite movie. Not very many sequels live up to the original. I am of the opinion Aliens is probably, other than maybe Godfather Part Two, the best sequel to an original movie ever made. Agree Absolutely. or not? Absolutely, 100% agree. Chris, yay or nay? It's right there. I mean, it's, I wouldn't put it above Godfather 2, but it's right there. Let's just put this out there right now. The world was saved by a warrant officer. I'm just I'm just saying, a warrant <laughs> officer. Not a commission guy. And look, in Aliens, a lieutenant just about got everybody killed. In yeah. Alien, a warrant officer saved the entire world from being destroyed. A warrant officer. It means killing it. Obviously, it means killing it. I got a tasty tidbit. One tasty tidbit. Balaji Badiao may not seem like a household name to you. That was, that was the guy in the alien suit. Mm. They, they had no actor for the alien suit. And after every day they do the shoot, the shooting, they go down to this English pub and they get drunk. All the cast and Ridley Scott. And they walked in and he was in there. Like seven feet tall, seven two, and like six feet of them were legs. And they needed a guy <laughs> with tall legs. And Ridley Scott immediately ran over to the bar and said, dude, you ever done a movie? And he goes, no, I'm not an actor. And he says, well, you're going to be one now. <laughs> Rest in peace, Balaji. That was a good movie. And it was one of the, like, one of the all-time classic scenes in cinematic history. Now, you probably know this, Drew, Chris. I'm not sure if you know this. Mm -hmm. But the scene I think you know I'm talking about where the alien is born, if you will. Sure. The actors, when that happened, didn't know that was going to happen. Right. Did you know this, Chris? No. No, I didn't. So, so Ridley Scott had this set up. Like, the props folks kept this as a like a top secret thing because he wanted a genuine reaction from the cast when it happened. They didn't know how it was going to happen, but when it happened, that was their real life reaction you know the gal that played lambert i think it was absolutely wigged out i mean if you recall she's ah! yeah, yeah. i saw an interview years later she said yeah we didn't know this was coming 
It was so real to them. I think Yafit Koto grabbing that fork. And the guy go, no, 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 don't touch it. Don't touch it. I think he was really going to try to kill that thing with the fork. Mark. <laughs> they had a hard time selling that to the studio. When the studio saw the chestburster scene, yeah. they're going, we can't have that in a movie. And they said, well, there's no movie. That's going to be the movie. You got to yeah. have that part in there. So they went back and forth. And, you know, Ridley Scott usually wins everything he directs. So great movie. And then the best part came after that when the little alien did the uh, the song and dance number with the... Oh, wait, that was Spaceballs where they did that. <laughs> hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my raccoon gal. Never mind. Uh, I'm thinking of the wrong movie. But it would have been awesome if they would have pulled that off in Alien, though. <laughs> and then and then we can't forget Alien versus Predator. You know, the, the spinoff from that. That was. Yeah, I never saw that. I never saw any of those. I like aliens too. I like the late great Bill Paxton as the the, oh, the ever pessimistic United States colonial marine. Game over, man. That's a great movie too. Game <laughs> Why don't you just put her in charge then? Well, that's great. That's just great, man. Now what the are we supposed to do? That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. This little girl has survived here with five years with no training and no weapons. We'll put her charge in, man. The sequels were all really good, just like our uh, wide receiver sequels tonight. Like Drew just mentioned, we're continuing our off-season positional analysis with wide receiver. Episode 123 tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. If you would, please like, subscribe, do all that stuff where you're supposed to do. We are chugging along with the off-season. Also, if you would, head on over to Purple Pain Forms, our online affiliate. PurplePainForms.com. It's a great community of Minnesota Vikings fans, very intelligent group of folks. Great discussions going on about what to do this offseason, who the Vikings should draft, should they draft the quarterback? If it is, who should it be? Should they go somewhere else? Great offseason plan, options, ideas. None of the stupid hot takes about, well, here's here's mock draft (laughs) 407.2 with my 94 trades that gives me 87 first-round draft picks over the next four years. Chris, I know you're on Twitter a lot. I'm done with it. I'm I'm so done. I'm so done with Twitter. I'm so done with it, man. I'm not worried because, you see, on Twitter, you can pay me $8 a month to say whatever you want, as long as you agree with me. Every time I get on Twitter and I read Vikings rumors and Vikings hot takes and whatever, I am constantly reminded of the words of the noted American legal scholar, uh, Vincent LaGuardia Gambini, uh, and his delivery of what can only be called uh, the single greatest opening statement in the history of American jurisprudence, which I believe Toonces has all queued up and ready to go for us. Uh, everything that guy just says, bull****. Thank you. <laughs> Another great movie, by the way, my cousin Vinny, if you haven't seen it. I don't do Twitter, and much of that can be applauded to you by many years ago, you saying... You're smart for staying off that, so I stay off it because. You're sm- well, David yeah. David Stefano told me yesterday your head would explode, Drew. You're one of those guys where your head would explode. Being we're doing Alien tonight is being on Twitter, much like when Dallas was going through the tunnel with the tracker, and then he turned around and the alien was right there. Is 
that what it's like going on Twitter? So do you remember Vegas Vacation where Chevy Chase keeps losing at the blackjack table? Uh, well, just roll the scene. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet? And we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. That's pretty much what going on Twitter is. It's just, it's just this constant <laughs> headache, man. Well, what's wrong with Mock Draft Guy? I've been sitting here like trying to come up all day. Like I've spent all day trying to think of someone who's just worse more than Mock Draft Guy. And no one is coming to mind. My, mock Draft Guy is currently number one on my big board of losers. All right. Oh, oh you've, got, you've got four quarterbacks going top five? Whoa. I bet you also have zero friends going to your draft party. It's just nonsensical. If somebody has this hot take, and we're going to talk about the one dealing with Justin Jefferson, put out by 21st century yellow journalist muckraker Mike Florio. Okay, a muckraker is somebody who's digging up the past, looking for bad things about people. Yeah? They're trying to spread scandal and rumor. Yeah? <laughs> um... Buckraker. But yeah, I try and spend less and less time there. During the season, it's not bad. You get real-time injury updates and what's going on and contract stuff. But during the offseason, it's the self-licking ice cream cone of panic and angst mm -hmm. and just like high school-ish behavior. I hate it. Is Florio that guy with the head looks like a clownfish? Thank you so much for coming out. Get a thicker tie. It looks weird on you. It makes your head look like a fish. Yeah, on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, like Drew said, we got a little bit of news. We'll talk about that. And we got our, our wide receiver positional analysis. But before we do that, Drewster, what time is it, buddy? Ted? I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix this, Nostromo, and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Yes! <laughs> Before you go away, Ruby, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, good, good call, Ted. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to ask me. <laughs> I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. I can handle things. I'm smart. Like dumb, I'm smart, and I want respect. <laughs> I'm doing fine, but um, I was wondering if we could do the opening one more time, because yeah. I'd like to be the ass character. Ooh. Oh, I had you as Ripley and Lambert, the two chick. No, the ass character. That's ash. <laughs> no, <laughs> go away. Put them on your screen and go away. Just... Yeah, she wants to be Ash. Not the smart Ash. Just Ash. Okay.
muckraker yellow journalist mike florio of pro football talk if he sees this he might sue me because he's a lawyer i, I don't watch allegedly don't if watch i put allegedly news. he can't sue me is that true i don't know is anybody on here a lawyer can you hear me judge i can hear you i think it's a filter it, the- it is and i don't know how to remove it i've got my assistant here she's trying to but i'm here live that's not i'm not a cat I don't watch any news. I don't watch ESPN anymore. I gave all that up three, four years ago. So whatever you guys are bringing up is new to me tonight. None. All of right. It. Here's the latest with Justin Jefferson and his contract extension. It's it's been reported, reported that his extension is hung up by fully guaranteed money. The rumor is that the Vikings ownership now, not management, not the coaching staff, but ownership, the Wolves, don't want to guarantee anything past the first year. Uh, before we dock. I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to, we deserve full shares, right, right David? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation has never been on a, an equitable level. Well, This is what Florio put on his Pro Football Talk website, or it was video, whatever. The problem continues to be not the dollars, but the structure. The Vikings are one of the few teams that will not fully guarantee beyond the first year of the contract for anyone other than Kirk Cousins, and if you are not, going to make the same exception for Jefferson, you are going to have a problem with Justin Jefferson eventually. That feels dumb on the surface because they guaranteed more than one year for TJ Hawkinson, and they have said they are not going to guarantee any money for Kirk Cousins. So it just feels like an idiotic statement to begin with. Drew. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know why he wasn't signed last summer. People seem to say, Ted, that now, Hunter and Cousins, we got to pay all these. How are we going to do it? Well, it's easy. You let Hunter go, you get rid of Cousins, you get it done with Jefferson. I'm shocked this isn't getting done. Give him the guaranteed money, give him what he wants, because he's got six or seven good years left in him. Hunter does it. Yeah, I agree. What are your thoughts on this whole Florio voice of reason? Let's go. Thing. It, yeah. It, you said it's dumb on the surface, and I agree. It's also dumb from 30,000 feet above the surface. <laughs> It's dumb from approximately 20,000 feet below the surface. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It is dumb by any unit of measure on any plane anywhere because Jesus. You know, whenever you say something about Florio, is the, the comeback is like, oh, Florio is a Vikings fan whatever it's like so many other people he would have to improve greatly to rise to the level of yellow journalism at this point i mean it's just it's so awful journalism isn't even journalism at this point anymore it's just people throwing out hot takes trying to get reactions trying to get clicks i mean i guess it's kind of the difference i think between being a fan and being a content creator you know, we're, we're doing this. We're fans of the team. We're trying to look at the team from a fan's perspective. You know, we're not doing this to try to get people to to click or like or whatever, that kind of thing. I mean, it, it's nice that people subscribe and follow and, you know, give us compliments and that kind of thing. But you guys were doing this when you had like 20 followers on here and now you're up to 25,000. You didn't stop doing it. You didn't change anything just because, you know, you got more people in the fold or anything like that. But, you know, there, there are so many of these people that are just out to get outrage and clicks and whatever. And it's stupid at this point. Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
I agree with you here that people put stuff out just to get a reaction, and sadly, it works. 99% of the stuff I see on my timeline, I just shake my head and I, I just move along. And I, I think if people quit doing that, a lot of it would go away. And I, I want to kind of liken it to another incident back from when, you know, you were still regularly writing at DN and whatnot. The, the whole thing with Adrian Peterson and his son with the discipline and the what, how much hell did you and Eric and I catch from our readers for suggesting that, you know, maybe he shouldn't have done that. Maybe that was bad. For those of you that don't know, I wrote a piece on the Daily Norseman and said, look, I think once the NFL has handed out their punishment and Adrian Peterson deserves to play football, but I think the Vikings should release him. I literally got death threats. It's weird the way people will twist themselves into pretzels to defend the players that play for their favorite team. It Mm -hmm. is just bizarre how unhinged people get about sports. That's weird coming from dudes that do a podcast about their favorite football team. But, but I, yeah. I mean, Drew, yeah. I, I think we're, we're fairly rational. I think we give them credit when they do good things, but I think we're also reasoned in our criticism when they do things that we don't agree with. Well, what? how's that saying go? Two things that'll drive a room full of guys crazy and fighting over each other will be sports and a hot chick. I think the Wills understand, especially if they're moving on from Kirk, and we don't know if that's going to happen or not. I think it's just trying to figure out what fits with the Vikings, what's comfortable with Jefferson, and how much guaranteed money they're going to give him, and how many guaranteed years he wants, or how much guaranteed money he wants in in, in the years. And I think it's going to get done. The Wills understand that, especially if Kirk Cousins leaves, and and it, it just sort of feels that way when you look at how things have transpired with Kirk. The Wills have got to understand that he is the most marketable player on the Minnesota Vikings. He mm-hmm. is the guy that puts butts in seats right now. And sells um, jerseys. I bet you 95% of the jerseys are his. He sells jerseys. He sells tickets. He's on commercials. When you turn on a TV and you see a commercial that's NFL-themed and there's a football player in it, chances are Justin Jefferson is in it. It's not the Neil Hunter. Maybe Kirk Cousins, but that's really it. And for people that say the Wills are in it as owners just to make money and they don't care about winning a Super Bowl, they just want to have a competitive team. Well, if that's your belief, then you're kind of an idiot if you think they're willing to trade Justin Jefferson. Because if that's what you think the Wolves are in it for, then obviously just turn on your peanut brain for a minute and they have to sign Justin Jefferson because <laughs> that is going to maximize the profit of this franchise by keeping a guy like Justin Jefferson. Do you think the Vikings have already told Justin Jefferson their plans for quarterback? I think their quarterback thing is all figured out. I think they know they're just keeping it on the hush-hush. Have they already told him what they're going to do at quarterback? I would think he's got to be in on the plans somewhere at some point. I mean, he's your best player. He's the face of the franchise. He's becoming one of the faces of the league. And if you're going to have that guy here for the long term, you got to have him as part of the discussions, at least. And maybe they've already told him they're moving on from Kirk Cousins and not bringing him back. I mean, we don't know. Right. The one thing you can be sure of at this point in the offseason is that nobody knows anything about anything, whether they think they know something about it or not. You really don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. And you never will better get it done ted if something other than signing jefferson happens and he happens not to be a viking which i don't think will happen you're gonna have a riot on your hand. and it won't be a riot from adults every eight to 13 year old kid is gonna riot 
be children of the corn. It had to be like children of the corn. <laughs> Punches thrown. A group of girls seen kicking someone on the ground. I'll tell you, my grandson Grayson became a huge Vikings fan this year. That's probably my fault. I, I don't know when I die, when I'm standing at the pearly gates, which I hope I am. <laughs> and I'm being judged by the good Lord. I don't know if that's going to be a check mark for the good or for the bad. Um, <laughs> but but his favorite player is Justin Jefferson. He's got a Justin Jefferson jersey. So, yeah. yeah See? I, the youth. Yeah. The, the youths. The, the youths. The youths, youths would go crazy, Chris Gates. <laughs> the what, Mr. Gambini? The, yeah, the, the, two, the two youths. <laughs> but now other people have said, well, look, if they trade Jefferson, they can get a haul for him, and that will give them enough ammunition to move up and get a quarterback. But now you're kind of cutting <laughs> off your nose to spite your face by trading your best asset, in my opinion, to help develop a young quarterback that you would be trading up to get. But whatever. So, all right, last question before we move on. Will a new deal for Jefferson be done? Before the start of the regular season, Drew. Yes. Chris. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. Last bit of wide receiver news. Drew, do you watch American Idol? <laughs> so, no. Well, we'll take that as, as no. Come on, Chris, man. do you watch American Idol? No, it's been many, many years since I watched American Idol last. <laughs> do you guys remember Blake Prohl? Blake Prohl. Yeah, Ricky Blake. Prohl's kid. About as injury prone as the great... Chad Beebe, the chosen one. Yeah, both those guys' fathers were three times better than them. Yeah, well, Blake Prohl had to retire from the NFL because he had an injury, and he had to end up singing for his supper. And apparently, he's a very good singer. And he is now uh, advancing to Hollywood on American Idol. So we wish what? Blake Prohl well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, like, good, man. What the he's, hell like, is really he, good. What does he sing? I'm a loser by Beck? I mean, no, he, he, like, he's good. When he catches passes, he might be singing what? Miss You by the Rolling Stones? What's he singing? <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. know that. Well, maybe, uh, yeah. maybe if we can, we'll find a clip and we'll play it here. My name is Blake Prohl. I'm 24 years old and I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. In case you didn't know, baby, I'm crazy about you. And I would be lying if I said that I could live this life without you. Just sign right here. <laughs> Our good friend Eric Thompson put out a tweet that, hey, that this is the one shot for a Viking to win a championship. <laughs> for now. For now, sure. For now. Yeah. All righty. You go, Blake Prohl. All righty. Good luck to Blake Prohl in American Elf. Hey, everyone. It's Ted's grandson, Grayson. And now it's time for the Vikings Report offseason positional analysis segment. Hit it, Papa. Thanks, Grace. I don't know if you guys remember last year it was Gabriel that was doing these for us. No other grandson, Grayson. Thank you, Grayson. Hell of a job. Very nice. Thanks. Pretty cool. All right. So, Drew, this week it's wide receivers with the big board. We've got, uh, as always, though, before we get to the big board, we've got guys on the roster. We've got potential free agents. And then your world-famous, regionally popular big board, top 15 prospects per Drew Bunting. Currently on the roster, so, you know, the first two weeks we did this, quarterback and running back, pretty significant positions of need. I don't know about how you guys feel. I think the Vikings are, are sitting okay at wide receiver with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. I would argue it's kind of a position, like it's something they could address later on in the draft or maybe as kind of a depth guy in free agency, but it's not a priority like we see with possibly running back or definitely quarterback right now. 
No, absolutely agree. I mean, those top two guys are about as good as it gets, but uh, the guys that are after them on the depth chart as things stand right now, a lot of them are probably not going to be here next season. So uh, yeah, there is going to be a need for some depth pieces and uh, some probably younger guys that can come in and compete a little bit. Chris talked about the guys below just Jefferson, Jordan, Addison. We'll go through those real quick. Let me get your opinion on them. Jalen Naylor, I don't even know her. Nikhil Harry, Tristan Jackson, Malik Knowles, Dalen Baldwin, and Thayer Thomas. You know, Jalen Naylor is a guy, I remember doing his draft profile we did a couple years ago, and you said he's a guy that is just, if he could stay healthy, it was kind of his thing at Michigan State, if he could stay healthy. And right. it sort of dogged him in the NFL as well, Drew. And he just has not been able to stay healthy. And it's one of those things that I think if he could, he could be a significant contributor to this offense. But I don't know that he can at this point. The injury thing only lasts a certain – after a couple of seasons, you got to move on because yeah. it's more of a, a pattern for that guy. And, you know, I think he's a capable wide receiver. But the Vikings got to make – they got to make decisions on guys, not just at wide receiver – these guys that are on the injured reserve every week for the whole season. You got to move on from those guys. Naylor would be the best one after the top two, but he's boom roasted. Harry, um, come on. I'd rather have Deborah Harry out there than Nikhil Harry. <laughs> uh, boom roasted. Tristan Jackson, boom roasted. Malik Knowles, Dylan Baldwin, and Thayer Thomas. Sounds like I'm lisping, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Thayer Thomas. <laughs> I had no idea that there was another Baldwin brother that nobody knew about, but apparently the Vikings had him on the uh, the practice squad, which is kind of impressive. That's right. The, That's the, right. the, sixth, the sixth Jackson with Tristan. Tristan Jackson, bring him over to camp and see what you can make out of him. The rest are all boom roasted. And Ted, okay. this is a great year to get a wide receiver because this is the best receiver class that we're going to run into that I've seen in many, many years. You can get a guy late that's going to be a really talented guy. They don't need okay. to mess around with all these extra extra weight on the roster. I okay. say Addison, JJ, and then whatever you want to do after that. I don't know how you feel. Well, okay, before we get to the big one, let's talk free agency real quick because there's some intriguing names in free agency, and I want to talk real quick about two guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents that were on the Vikings last year, Brandon Powell and K.J. Osborne. Chris, do you have any interest in re-signing either of those guys? I would be more inclined to lean toward re-signing Brandon Powell than I would be towards re-signing K.J. Osborne. I mean, Osborne has been the number three guy for a few years here, and he probably thinks that he can get a better deal somewhere else and more uh, more snaps, more opportunities. Powell, I think, is kind of a, a number three-ish kind of guy, and he does add that value as far as uh, punt returns are concerned. So if you were going to bring back one of those two guys, I would lean more towards uh, Brandon Powell than K.J. Osborne. I don't know if either of them will be back, but that's the uh, direction I'd look in if if I were the front office. Drew, what about you? It's like we're on the all on the same wavelength. Man, <laughs> like Ripley and Parker and Dallas, all those people, they're on the same wavelength, except we're not going to get torn to pieces by an alien. Um, the Vikings aren't going to spend a lot of money on free agency if they get a guy on this position, I don't think. The top four you got on there in the list that I got, Matt yours, Ted, Mike Evans, Beckham, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, those guys are going to demand big money. I like T. Higgins, but he's probably going to get asked for more money than we're going to offer. I like Marquise Brown. Brandon Powell, when I look down the list, that's a guy I'd re-sign. You could probably get him for the best deal. The other guy I like is Devin DuVernay from Baltimore. He's a good receiver. I mean, he's uh, he's only 26 years old, and he's a punt returner. 
So if you're thinking about trying to get somebody that's a capable receiver and punt returner, he may be a little bit of a step up from Brandon Powell, but I don't know how much you're going to spend on that guy. I like Gabe Davis. He's probably going to ask to get too much money. Braxton Berrios from the Jets, he's also a punt returner. Gives you a little bit at receiver, but whoever they get in free agency, which I probably think they're going to get one, it's not going to be a high-priced guy, do you guys think? No. no. Brandon Powell, I think, might be be a guy they, they want to bring back for sure. KJ Osborne, you know, I, I like KJ Osborne. There were a couple times where you thought, okay, this is his breakout game. A couple of years ago, he had that overtime game winner against Carolina. He had a couple of big catches and a couple touchdowns, I think, and that huge record-setting comeback went against the Colts a couple of years ago. And you think, okay, this is his moment. This is where he kind of takes that next step. And then he would just, like, disappear for four or five games. I don't think he'll be back. Just kind of feels like he's not going to be back either. Yeah, but Powell, I'd like to see back for the same reason, that WR3-ish feel when Justin Jefferson went out last year and that punt return capability that he has. It seemed like he really solidified that punt return slot and kind of an ability that the Vikings really hadn't had in a few years at punt return. Other free agents, Evans, OBJ, and Curtis Samuel, I think are, are guys that are just going to be priced out of what the Vikings want to pay. Ray-Ray McLeod is a dude I kind of like. Calvin Ridley is a dude from Jacksonville. They were paying him number one money. I think if he were to come in not as a number one guy without the pressure of being a number one guy, he might be okay. I don't know if he's wanting that kind of money. Uh, he um, had a great season, though. Isn't he going to be too pricey? Hell yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. LaVisca Chenault, what do you think yeah. about him? He's got the injury bug again, though. Well, yeah, he, that's He can't true. stay healthy, but he was... Man, he's one of the most dynamic guys we had when we did the... He was in the first year of Vikings Report, the draft yeah. stuff. Him and yeah. Rondale Moore were like two guys that... Rondale Moore, yeah. Yeah, and, and Chenault was like out of Colorado. He was everywhere. He was like Debo Samuel, but he can't stay on the field. Did he have any snaps last year? Did he play any games? He only played eight games uh, last year. Uh, he had 10 catches. Also had... See, he had uh, 12 carries for 55 yards as well. But yeah, he only played eight games. He's a guy you could probably get at a discount. If he stays healthy, I think you can get him at a good price, and I think that'd be a good pickup. But like Jalen Naylor, do you want to have him on the injury report every week? Is he going to play? Yeah. What about stealing that guy from the Lions, that Josh Reynolds? I mean, he's 29, but yeah. I always like to steal people yeah. from the divisional <laughs> teams. And yeah. That'd be nice. He, yeah, He's a pretty good receiver, 40 catches, 608 yards, and five touchdowns. I mean, there's some good options in free agency if the Vikings want to go that route, for sure, I think. Yeah. I like the Chenault idea, though, Ted. Besides Chenault, who did you like, Chris, in free agency? Uh, I think uh, I think Chenault was the big one for me. Uh, I don't know if uh, DJ Chark, if he's an option, a realistic option. Uh, I see Chase Claypool on the list. I don't want anything to do with that guy. Uh, he's He's not good he feels like the marcus davenport of wide receivers man <laughs> want him around the big thing i remember about chase claypool is you know, remember <laughs> when we did the uh the live broadcast a few years ago when the uh the vikings and the steelers played at us yeah! he's catching passes at the end of the game the steelers are trying to drive for a touchdown he's out there doing the first down signals and freaking <laughs> marching right. around and crap. wasted time and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing I remember about Chase Claypool. I mean, I know it's like old man yelling at cloud territory kind of thing, but I mean, that's the kind of stuff that sticks in your head when you, do I want this guy? I'm like, no, I don't no. want this dope on my team. He does stupid things. I don't Bad attitude. on my football team. No. 
but yeah, so there's potential there for a couple of decent guys at, at fairly bargain prices if you, if you want to go that route, which I, I would think, though, Brandon Powell would be a guy the Vikings are going to target and, and want to bring back. I, I would hope yeah. anyways. Okay, that's the roster. That's the free agent. Now my favorite segment, the Drew Bunning Vikings report. Big board. Oh, looky here. Who's your top wide receiver, Drew Button? I'm going to turn the Marvin Harrison stuff over to you because you do all the Ohio State guys that come through here. All four that I'm going to have in my top 90, 195. Boom. Roasted. With Harrison, here's what we're going to do, guys. Trade up and get him. Forget the quarterback. Trade up and get him. Get rid of all the running backs and just throw that son of a bitch and ball around the field all game. <laughs> Addison, Jefferson, Harrison, Hawkinson. Get one back for the goal line or something, whoever you want. One back, it's never going to play and just throw. That's what it makes you feel like watching that guy's tape. Yeah. Trade up for a quarterback. I don't want a quarter. I want that guy. So take it away, Ted. Give us the lowdown on my number one receiver on the Drew Big Board, Mr. Marvin Harrison Jr., who's already better than his dad. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked quarterbacks, and everybody bags on quarterbacks drafted out, out of Ohio State that never amount to anything. The wide receiver position is kind of the exact opposite. Just in recent years, you've had guys like, what, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, Curtis Samuel, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas have had very successful wow. careers. Even going back a few years, guys like Michael Jenkins, who played for the Vikings for a couple of years. Santonio Holmes had that big Super Bowl catch for the Steelers when they beat the Cardinals, I think it was. Anthony Gonzalez was a first-round pick. Had that awesome catch against Michigan and that 24-yard catch in 2005. <laughs> back when Ohio State could beat Michigan. Going back to the 90s, they had guys like Terry Glenn and Joey Galloway and David Boston. They even have a couple Hall of Fame wide receivers and Paul Warfield and Vikings legend Chris Carter. When it's all said and done, yeah, I don't think I'm being dramatic when I say if he goes to the right team in the right situation, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be better than all of these guys. When you look at his team, he is the best receiver to come out of Ohio State since Chris Carter. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. When you look at his tape and then you go back and you look at some of the catches Chris Carter made when he was playing with Jim Carsados at Ohio State, you just compare him. I mean, Marvin Harrison is a much better route runner than Chris Carter was at this stage of his career. He has maybe not better hands, but they're close. He has as much of a sense of where the sideline is I don't think he needs to make as dramatic of a one-handed catch as Chris Carter had to make because the game has advanced to the point where quarterbacks are a lot more accurate. Even uh, uh, Kyle, uh, I can't stand the heat, so I went to Syracuse McCord. Um, <laughs> compared to Jim Carsados back to the 1980s, Marvin Harrison is as polished a receiver to come out of the college ranks that maybe. I have ever seen. Now, I'm not, I am not an expert film guy. I don't sit and break down film frame by frame, but he is the best wide receiver to come out of Ohio State. He's better than all those guys, maybe other than Chris Carter, that I have just named off. He's better than Smith and Jigba. He's better than McLaurin. He's better than Devin Smith. He's better than Michael Thomas. He's better than all these dudes. He is way more advanced. He is way better route runner. He's faster. I think growing up as Marvin Harrison's kid, he just knows the game a lot better. Yeah. 
You can't really say a whole lot more than that. The one thing that stands out to me on tape is that everything looks so effortless with that guy. Yeah. Now, a couple times, I wasn't sure about his durability. In the semifinal game a couple years ago against Georgia, he took a nasty hit and missed the rest of the game. I think that cost Ohio State a chance in the college football finals, college football playoff championship game. He got dinged up a couple times this year. So durability might be a little bit of an issue. If there's like an Achilles heel to his game, that might be it. But man, that's that's really the only check mark I could really find in his game. A lot of times we talk about these prospects and all three of us agree that it depends where you go, how successful you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Does that stand for Harrison too? Or is he just going to be a superstar no matter where he goes? If he goes to Chicago, uh, who's going to throw to him? Well, I, I know some guys just like Randy Moss is going to be good no matter where he went. So, yeah, but I mean, like Moss went to a, a guy, you know, Denny Green was the coach. Is Harrison that elite where he doesn't matter what kind of shape the team's in? He's going to bet, you know, 1,200 yards his rookie year. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to think so. But there's a chance that, no, he could go to a team, you know, like Harbaugh, for example, in L.A., Likes to run the ball a lot. Now, sure. with Justin Herbert, maybe that's that'll be different. The thing about Harbaugh is he knows who his personnel are or who, who he has for his personnel and likes to adapt his offense to meet that. So I would kind of like to see Harrison in L.A. because I think Justin Herbert and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. would oh. just absolutely light it up. My God, that would be something else. I think his numbers would be significantly different with the Chargers as opposed to like maybe Chicago, for example. But I think it will be hard to keep a guy like Harrison from getting his, regardless of where he goes. It's going to suck having to watch Harrison run around for, hopefully it's not the Bears. I don't want to see that. Good breakdown, Ted. Excellent. Best wide receiver group that I can remember, Chris Gates. We got a lot of stars, and as you see, I think they're all going to be gone by the third round. We could have a couple trickle down, but there's 10 or 15 guys I had to leave off, like the running backs that should have been on this list. Yeah. One thing, you have Marvin Harrison is a top five guy. I think he might not be, and I don't say that because of talent. We've talked about quarterbacks, and I think there might be quarterbacks that go one through five. Really? Maybe. And it's not because he's not a top five talent. He definitely is. I think if it was not a quarterback crazy year, both in terms of talent and need at the position, you could make an argument that he could be a a number one or number two guy overall. Now you know why I'm not a GM. If I have the number one pick in the draft, I'm taking Marvin Harrison. Are you really? Yes. Yes, because you don't know what those quarterbacks, you don't want to end up with a Trubisky. Harrison's a 100% success. You're not going to go bad with that guy. I like those draft picks that are no-brainers. That's who I would take first. But like I said, I'm a bass player and I do a podcast. I'm not a GM, nor will I ever be one. (laughs) You see that guy on the board, how do you not take him? There's 10 or 15 guys I had to leave off here. I hate doing it. I always give these guys a shout-out, though. Ricky Pearsall, Florida. Johnny Wilson, Florida State. Corley from Western Kentucky. Jalen McMillan, who we watched at Washington. I had to leave him off. Like I said, there's a bunch of guys that I wish you could make it a top 25, but I can't. It's always a top 15. So we move on to the guy that would have been the first overall pick if Harrison was not in this draft, which is Malik Neighbors. Six foot, 200 pounds, 4'4". I think he's the best slot receiver. He plays outside too, but I think in the NFL, if you drafted this guy, put him in the slot, he's day one, the best slot receiver in the NFL. I think that's what he's cut out to be. I think that's what somebody's going to draft him for. If you're smart, that's what you're going to draft him for. Super talented. Out of 12 games last year, he had nine games 
100 plus yards. And that's with Brian Thomas Jr. on the other side. I mean, that's something to be said for Jaden Daniels. We talked about him a couple weeks ago, Ted. He had Brian Thomas Jr., who's on my list, and he had Malik Neighbors. So does that is that why he was such a good quarterback? Or is Jaden Daniels going to be, without those caliber guys, is he going to be that good? It has to be factored in somewhere. Just an amazing player, man. 89 catches, 1,569 yards, and 14 touchdowns. That guy is your 13-catch, 150-yard player every week. I'm telling you. It's going to be a great weapon in the NFL. If you have a chance to go watch any tape on Malik Neighbors, it would have to be that Mississippi State game, 13 catches, 239 yards, and two touchdowns. All you got to do is watch that game, and your mind will be made up on Malik Neighbors. That dude is crazy good. A couple things to work on, contested catches and the press coverage, which is the same as my number three guy, Roma Adunze. Press coverage, basically fighting footballs away from people, which is another thing you know Harrison's really good at, the catch point. It's even hard to double cover Harrison, but moving on to uh, Adunze, Washington outside receiver, a little bit bigger than neighbors. He's 6'3", 215, so teams might want to take him over neighbors. Harrison's going first, either neighbors or Adunze's going second or you know flip-flop. That's the one, two, three receivers off the board in my eyes. Very confident. I love his confidence in the field. He knows all the routes. Gatorade Player of the Year in 2019 in the state of Washington, so he's been good forever. 87 catches, 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns. And again, that was with Jalen Polk on the other side catching passes, so it wasn't like he was the center of attention. Bolitnikov finalist, man. The only thing I saw in his film, he tries to body catch low passes, and that's where all of his drops come from. You got to hands catch those things, but Body control, like I said, he's probably the most confident guy I saw on film. His confidence is off the charts, man. He's a very, very good receiver. Oh, I forgot to mention, right when I started off talking about these guys, the biggest thing that jumps off the board with all these players, besides their incredible talent, is the size. All these dudes are huge, aren't they? Yeah. Last year when we did our, our wide receivers, I remember off the board there was like, I think, three guys that were either 6'3 or 6'4. I got eight guys in this draft that are 6'3 or 6'4. So basically, this draft class, evaluating them is going to be a tall order. Um, <laughs> Boy. <laughs> that joke was a stretch. That was a bad one. <laughs> I like his physical play. Great balance. He's the alpha catcher. He gets everything he goes up to try to get. Keon Coleman, again, first-round talent. Brian Thomas Jr., first-round talent. He's your basic outside receiver, another 6'4 guy. Before I tell you these numbers, let me tell you, he played across from Malik Neighbors. He was so-called wide receiver, too. 68 catches, 1,177 yards, and 17 touchdowns. I have a question. Did Neighbors and Thomas make Jaden Daniels a better quarterback? That's what I'm saying. Or did, or, yeah. or did Jaden Daniels make these guys better receivers? And as Farnsworth would say, we'll find out. Because I don't have any. That's a really, really good question. These two receivers, I mean, chalk up all their yardage together. It's crazy. What they have? 31 touchdowns? Here's Brian Thomas. Seven catches, 142. Five catches, 133. Eight catches, 124. Three catches, 122. Six catches, 150. That's what you get with that guy. You get a big average per catch. He's a big game player, Brian Thomas Jr., and I wish I could have ranked him. If this class wasn't so good, he'd be one or two, Ted. Penix has McMillan and Polk. You know, I mean, 
did Penix make those guys better receivers, or did those receivers make Penix a better quarterback? I mean, those are the two big questions that seem to be going around about about those two guys. But Penix, since the national championship game and the Senior Bowl, I mean, Penix just kind of seems to be fading a little bit, where Daniel still seems to be staying at the top of the draft. My answer to that would be, I don't know the guy's name, but the offensive coordinator for Washington helped all three of them. They were a stretch-it-out team, Ted. They weren't going to sit back and run it up the middle. They were going to throw the ball all over the yard. But Penix is going to be good either way, I think, if he has time to sit and doesn't get thrown into the mess too soon. I also like Ryan Thomas's red zone ability. Get down there in the red zone, no need to run it up the middle. Those two LSU guys combined uh, 2,746 yards and 31 touchdowns. Out of the 40 touchdown passes Jaden Daniels had this last year, that would make 31 of them going to uh, to one of those two guys. Which makes Ted's question legit. If he goes to the Giants, well, Daniels, Sterling, Sterling, I don't know. Now, now with Danny Dimes. <laughs> Unless he faces that Donatel defense. The thing I got to throw out there about Troy Franklin from Oregon is the massive amount of speed he has. You combo his speed with his route running, and he is a serious threat on the field. Um, I would think the DEA would want to be interested in the amount of speed he has. He's got a lot of speed. DEA, (laughs) FBI, bring in all the letters. They can handle them all. He's a really big production guy. 81 catches, 1,383 yards, 14 touchdowns. He has three seasons there at Oregon. If you play for Oregon wide out, you're going to get a lot of passes, whether it's Bo Nix or Herbert. I mean, it's just the way things are. Troy Franklin, look at this guy. Really dominates man coverage. Better a man guy, better outside receiver than a guy you're going to put in the slot. There's not really much he does bad. Leggett caught a bunch of long touchdowns from who? In South Carolina? Yes, he did. I am a little higher on my list than most people have. Leggett, 429. Blazer, Ted. And he's big. The size-speed combo is crazy. Five seasons. South Carolina. Look at this guy's tape. I have a question about him. What's his catch point in a phone booth? His catch point in a phone booth is damn high. <laughs> okay. I just want to know. He's got good stop and start, Ted. He's got sand okay. in his pants. Um, really hips. The thing I noticed much about him, uh, look at, is he's kind of a DK Metcalf type guy. Really? He That's has a good great comp speed. right there, buddy. His size and speed remind me of DK Metcalf, 6'3", 223, and he, he can motor. If Al Davis was still alive, this would be the Raiders' first-round pick. <laughs> I guarantee you, because he's everything Al Davis loved in a receiver. I see you got two Texas guys back-to-back there in the second round. That's your second-round yeah. pick. Adonai Mitchell, AD, we like to call him. Another 6'4", 196. Runs a 4'5". He's a little slow. That's why he's probably going to fall on people's lists. But number one in the Big 12 in touchdowns last year, the go-to dude for Texas. With Xavier Worthy on the other side, another school that had two really good wide receivers. He's a big play guy, Ted. Donnie Mitchell likes the big catches at the big moment and the big time in the game he comes through. He played in five college football playoff games and caught a touchdown in every one of them. He's not scared to get the ball. You throw the ball his way. He one of those guys that wants to make the last shot and wants to make the big catch at the end. Wants to be in the batter's box with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. That's how confident he is. He's a great player. His counterpart, Worthy, who I have at nine, Worthy was all signed in to go to Michigan, changed his mind at the last second. So he's got, apparently he's got some screws loose in his head because whoever does that, you got to have some kind of mental problem. So he He wasn't wasn't worthy. (laughs) 
You're not worthy. You're not worthy. No, he decommitted, went to Texas because he actually wanted to play. He knew Michigan. He wasn't going to play over there with all their stud receivers. This guy might be the biggest nightmare to cover in the draft. His durability is a factor. Gets banged up a lot. Got that nailer thing a little bit. Got a little bit of reputation for that. But 75 catches, over 1,000 yards, and five touchdowns. He's impossible to press coverage on. You can't get him in the bump and run, which some of these guys suffer with a little bit of the, the bump and run. But if you want a guy that deals with press coverage really well, he is worthy. He's worthy of that. Is that why you have him knocked down to the second because of his durability? Yeah, I think so. He's got, you know, he's got to put on some mass. The 172 weight kind of concerns me, so I had to drop him down a little bit. But great hands, great receiver, makes a living over the middle. One of those guys that can over the middle turn around the button hook and get you 12 yards for a first down. He is okay. really, really a good natural receiver. And uh, 429, like I said, he may be the fastest guy in here out of my top 15. So. The next guy on your list is a guy that I'm kind of interested in out of Georgia is a uh, lad McConkie. Now I believe we're legally obligated to compare him to both Wes Welker and Julian Edelman uh, just because, but you know, if you're looking for like a slot wide receiver, I mean, he, he's kind of the guy for that, isn't he? He is perfect. Multi-role receiver in this draft, not the speed burner you need, but if you're going to run a guy in the slot just to move the chains, be a solid catcher, Chris. He's exactly what you need with that. 30 catches for 461, but Georgia doesn't recruit scrubs. And he also had, you know, he had another guy on the other side of him playing. I can't remember his name right now, but they had to share a lot of passing. He's a little bit small, 5'11", 187, but he plays a big game. Very, very smart receiver. Chris Walsh, remember him for the Vikings? Yeah. Yep. Chris Walsh may not be a big name for the Vikings, but he's one of the best route runners the Vikings ever had. He needed to play for six yards and a first down. It was him. He was hurt for four games last season. That's probably why his numbers are down a little bit. He didn't play the month of September, but he's probably the smartest wide receiver that understands a game of football in my top 15. Lad McConkie's the guy I got on the Viking watch. Okay. He's so versatile. He's so versatile. Now, he's a very coachable guy. He's the guy that's going to, you talk about players around you to make that make people better, like Blake Corum. McConkey's that guy. Good energy guy, good locker room dude. I'll wrap up the McConkey by saying this. In three years, he'll be the guy, not even three years, maybe next year. Fans are watching him play, and McConkey's playing against him. He's the guy they're going to be yelling at the TV going, McConkey again? Can't we cover that guy? That's who he is. I'd love to see him on Minnesota, man. We could use just, guys like that. I swear, people are going to watch it going, how many catches does that McConkey guy have? He has 14. And it may only be for 80 yards, <laughs> but he, he made six first down catches. He'll block for you. He'll do anything for you. If there wasn't so much talent in this draft, Chris Gates, I would have had him higher than 10. But there's so much talent in here. It's hard to list all these guys. Viking watch. I also have the Viking watch on Jalen Polk from Washington. I like his size. He's a slot guy, one of the best slot guys in here. 65 catches, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. That's playing across from a Dodunze. Everybody else is a project. The Polk would be a good fit. Not very good against press coverage, but in the slot, you're not really pressed as much as you are on the outside with corners, you know? The slot, you're basically, you know, there's a safety tailing you or flagging you. Jalen Polk is a very, very polished receiver. And then, yeah, Jerry Rice's kid at 14 and my boy at 15. 
Nice. What do you like about your guy, Roman Wilson, other than he's from Michigan, that you put him over some of those guys you mentioned earlier that didn't make your top 15? He's Edelman. He doesn't sleep with people's wives like he did as a Patriot. Ooh. Roman Wilson's a good guy. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> Edelman. Got to put allegedly in there. We're going to get sued. Roman Wilson. <laughs> big money receiver, guys. He's the big money guy. Couldn't keep him off my list. A lot of people don't like him. He caught 48 passes for 789 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's for Michigan. If you played for another team, he would have had 178 catches, 5,000 yards, and 40 touchdowns. Michigan runs oh, the ball, but Roman no, no, Wilson Roman Wilson was the money guy, Ted. He is, and you've seen him play against Ohio State. Money catches. Owen Wilson. No, Owen that wasn't Wilson. a fault. That wasn't Owen Wilson's a better player. Shut up. Hey, Roman. It wasn't a fumble Getting... across that goal line either. It wasn't. It was. A it, was. it was a freaking interception, man. No, it was, no, it was not an interception. Passed <laughs> it was. That was line. an interception. Passed the plan of the goal line. Take your medicine. Take it your was medicine. Interception. Ohio State won that game. But oh. Whatever. You can stop. You can stop talking to me now. Who's gonna stop? You can stop talking to me now. Who's gonna stop? You can stop talking to me now. Okay, you can stop talking to me now. Who go stop you me? You can stop talking to me now. Who go stop me? I'm down arguing with you. You can stop okay, talking to me now. Okay, be done. <laughs> Runs a 4-3-40. He's fearless over the middle. Lots of circus catches. He's another guy. He may not be as versatile as uh, Lad McConkey, but Roman Wilson is a pass-catching machine. Doesn't drop any passes, Ted. I like the guys that don't drop passes. Except in the end zone against Ohio State, which is a pick. He had two rushing touchdowns. He beat Ohio State single-handedly. Shut up. Um, Remember, (laughs) Roman Wilson, that is the one guy that is probably going to slip into the fourth round. I don't think anybody's going to take a chance on Roman Wilson just because he doesn't have the numbers that all the rest of these guys have. But I like Roman Wilson. Of course I do, Ted. He's a solid receiver. Why would you? I'd I'd put him up there, too, if I was doing this, if I was you. Let me ask you guys this. Do you see the Vikings going after a wide receiver? So they've got a pick in the first right now. They've got a pick in the first round and the second round. No pick in the third round because of the TJ Hawkinson trade. And a pick again in the fourth round. Do you see them getting a wide receiver in the second round? Chris? I think it's something they definitely need to explore at the very least. I mean... If you're looking at some of the other positions they have needs at, uh, I think a lot of the uh, the defensive positions can probably be addressed in free agency. But if you want to get you know somebody to build around, particularly if you are bringing in a young quarterback, you know you get a guy in the second round, whether it's a a McConkey or Worthy or somebody along those lines. So I think it's definitely a possibility. I mean, it might not be a blaring red light need on the radar yet, but you know it it's it's a need especially if you let all these guys go that we anticipate them letting go here. Drew, second round guy, do you get a wide receiver? No, I don't think so. I don't think so because of the depth of this draft. I mean, there's another 15 guys I didn't mention that could probably be maybe starting halfway through the season, beginning of the season. It's a very loaded draft. And the reason that I say no in the second round is because they got Jefferson, they got Addison. Those are their main guys. The Vikings need to find that David Palmer guy. They need a guy in the slot, like a McConkie, Leggett, Worthy. If any of these guys fall, you can get them. I would think if they're going to target somebody, it's going to be in the fourth round, maybe the fifth round. I think when it's all said and done, the Vikings are going to use their first and second round pick. If they're going to trade up for a, a quarterback, which means they're going to sacrifice their second round pick, and they're not going to have a pick again until the fourth round, Ugh. which means 
hopefully they'll address their defensive line in, in free agency, which means they might look at wide receiver in the fourth round, depending on what they do in, in free agency as well. I, I don't know. It, it's a good class. I hope they don't ignore wide receiver, but I'll tell you what, if Blake Quorum's still around in the fourth round, I, I hope they get him at running back. I don't think he will be. I think he'll be long gone, but but no. I, I love the guy. I love the way that guy plays football. Well, that's just me. What do we got next week? Tight ends. Tight ends next week. All right. Yep. So our off-season positional analysis rolls on with tight ends. Very intriguing spot for the Vikings with TJ Hawkinson's injury late in the season. That throws a wrench into a, and a lot of things what the Vikings may or may not do. So uh, we'll be back with that next week. Again, no trivia this week, but we got trivia coming back next week, I believe, is what I was told earlier in the day. So we will be back with trivia next week. But for right now, that pretty much wraps up episode one, two, three, boys. What do you think? Yep. I uh, I think we did uh, did a fine little episode here and talked about alien aliens, numerous aliens throughout the course of the show here. And uh, yeah, the uh, the wide receiver position is going to be something like I said. It might not be the most glaring of needs for the Vikings yet, but you know, Drew said behind Jefferson and Addison, one of those guys gets hurt somebody's got to go out there and catch passes. So they, they need to do something about it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's something that's got to be addressed fourth, fifth round. I think there might be some real talent there. Drew. I don't know. It just seems like it. Um, I'd feel better probably going that route than going the free agent route. You know, you always like to draft that wide receiver that might turn into just an absolute stud, man. Well, you know? Stephon Diggs was a fifth round guy. So you never know. There you go. So there you we'll go. See. Alrighty. Well, for Chris, for Drew, look, folks thanks so much for joining us i just love doing the show chris you've been a wonderful addition to the team uh i mean you have been on the team for a long time doing the live show but for the studio show man this has been fantastic ruby again thanks for everything you do for everybody that tunes in and watches and likes and subscribes and comments i mean i just blows me away we're twenty five thousand five hundred subscribers that's just <laughs> a, that's just a stupid number man that i mean like stupid good <laughs> don't get me wrong stupid good but i just like, I'm on Facebook, and I see, like, in your memories, it pops up, we just passed 200 subscribers, and I think right. that's just wonderful. Like, I'm like, holy crap, that's just like, whatever. Anyways, anyways, I've blabbed on long enough. We'll try to do better the next time. Brother Drew, take us home. Hey, what a great show tonight. Loved going over the wideouts, and, of course, I love doing the movie Alien. This ship will destruct in T-minus one minute. God damn it! Um... <laughs> <laughs> it, it is my. It, it's a great movie, and I'm glad we had a chance to throw it out there tonight. Like and subscribe. We got a lot more ahead of us. We got a long way to go with these positions. Next week we got tight end. That's what um, she said. We got tight end, <laughs> and that is what she said. Stupid. Um, I'm dumb. I'm sorry. I'll take it home with this because I, I couldn't do it last week because I faded out. <laughs> Alien. <laughs> Good night, Chris. Good night, Ted. Good night, everybody. <laughs>